The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hashtag Colts Army. What is up? This is Colts fans in Bills land, the podcast. My name is Matt Johnson, your host. And with me, as always, uh, my fellow survivor in Bills world, Bills land, Bills, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh Uh-oh. There's Uh, Mr. Brandon Rogers. (laughs) Sorry if I'm uh, not my usual, just cheerful, sunny self. I'm really close to Bill's Mafia right now, and it just makes me sick to my stomach. So you're practically you're, you're practically touching elbows right now. So yeah, Ugh, practically. I might, I might I might walk away with something. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who High probability probability probability. Uh, that is the voice. We have a very special segment today that we're gonna we're gonna discuss. Uh, our good friend. We call him Dickie. Dickie Harder is uh, joining us today. Brandon actually has a really good idea. Why don't you tell the listeners what we're going to be doing? What's our main uh, focus of this episode after we do the news? Well, you know, I, I've realized that we have a lot of Colts listeners here, and uh, we've, we've had such a, a nice time being Colts fans. Uh, the history of our team is just great, and we, we've had such, such good triumphs and, and victories and championships. And we, we, we kind of had a, a dark full path here for the last year. And we don't know how to sort through these feelings. We don't know how to sort through like, you know, pain and anguish. I can see and I thought really that, you know, what better way to learn how to deal with being a losing, just horrible franchise than to ask a Bills fan. So we've got a segment today called Ask a Bills fan. Thankfully, I've got a really big D-bag named Dickie, who's a, who's a Bills <laughs> lifer. And uh, I think he even has a, a Bills tattoo. Do you have a Bills, I tattoo? Don't have Bills tattoo? No Bills, no, tattoo. Bills tattoo. You got a lot, of, a lot of ugly tattoos on you, but on an ugly Listen, Bills There's tattoo. one dedicated to you on here. See, Is there really? I didn't even know that. Quick story. We did our fantasy football team together one year for his work. We used Doug and Skeeter because obviously he's black and I'm white and Skeeter's obviously the black guy and Doug's the white guy. I went and got Doug and Skeeter tattooed on my forearm from our logo and shit like that. That's awesome. Previous Barter boys for life. I respect it. I respect it. Uh, yeah, for, you know, thank you for joining us uh, on this today. It's a lot of fun. Great idea by Brandon as well. And, uh, you know, we know some, some bills fans, some are better than others, but I'm glad, uh, I'm, I'm glad you and Brandon are so tight and you get to come out and uh, experience with us. I'm actually like curious. I'd love to hear, cause I do this on my other show all the time when I have guests, I want to figure out, you know, kind of learn about their fandom and stuff like when did you start liking the bills uh favorite players of all time favorite memories moments all that sort of thing was that a direct question right now my early yeah go ahead. the bills is rolled to the cowboys <laughs> they lost <laughs> they're losers <laughs> <laughs> very literally i remember watching the game at my house at my mother's with the family 
and then going upstairs dumbfounded because I didn't quite understand the concept and I just knew we lost and everybody in there was a Bills fan and I wanted some Bills memorabilia. I told my mom I want a Bills shirt and she next day came home with a uh, Cowboys shirt because they won. <laughs> and I was like, no, this isn't going to work. And i uh, been a Bills fan ever since. So you could say yeah. that losing is in your fandom blood, isn't it? L- very literally in my blood. So as Brandon was doing that little introduction earlier, as shitty as the, the garbage was hitting my face, as he was spewing it, um, it felt very real and very actual normalized because he sees the pain of being a Bills fan as we're numb to the losses and numb to the winning. It's really awkward having a winning team last year. Uh, you don't really know what to do as your team's going through and <laughs> feel like you should win games. Yeah, you, and jump then, through, uh, you jump through flaming tables and stuff. I thought that's what everybody does. All the Bills fans do. That's how you get very blackout good. drunk drinking Labatt Blue and, you know, knocking your wife around. That's what you guys do. <laughs> He's talking knowing damn well I'm the guy who drives his ass everywhere because I don't drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of inside jabs on that one. Oh, boy. I love it. I love to hear it. Uh, some of your favorite players of all time, bud. Uh, I tend to follow the defensive side of things. So I've always enjoyed the London Fletcher era, the Takeo Spikes era, uh, Nate Clemency and Antoine oh, Winfield's yeah. back there. Now we got the reincarnation of Antoine Winfield down in Tampa Bay. Uh, but yeah, it always tends to be on the defensive side. I mean, it's been well, really nice. Because, you know, the offense is not existent. Uh, very literally has not been existent. I mean, I once bought a J.P. Lossman jersey the rookie year, and uh, <laughs> thank God that jersey's long gone. <laughs> I got to find mine. But, I, mean, I have one somewhere. It disgusts me that you actually want to. You did it out of like parody and joke. And, yeah, I like shitty jerseys. The, I love shitty jerseys. And they I don't get shittier than J.P. Lossman. No, I, I mean, that I, out of like $60 out of pure optimism that he was going to be something quality. <laughs> he ended up being just as replaceable as the next quarterback. Yeah, he was the, Ring, he was the Ringo star of that draft class. Got awful. Like, oh, Buffalo, you know, there's Phillip there's Rivers. Big Ben, Philip Rivers, oh. Eli Manning, and the Bills get J.P. Lossman. <laughs> I, was, I was excited because he was our guy. Yeah. Uh, hindsight being 2020, I wouldn't have drafted him in the seventh round, but, you know. <laughs> hey, him and Lee Evans had a few good-looking games there where Evans would catch a 80-some-odd yard bomb and it would instill that optimism in me from time to time, and then he got replaced. Yeah. God, I'm getting so sick. All right, this is too much Bill stuff too quickly. All I right, know. We got a really well, big story to talk about. Okay. Well, yeah. Speaking of just supporting your guy because he's your guy. The wait, Colts- wait, wait. No, 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 no. Never mind. Never mind. Go back to the Bill stuff. <laughs> Go back to the Bill stuff. Sorry. No, no. Can't rewind. Can't the rewind. We're not waiting for the oh, trades no. were regretting happening as it happened. The, At least uh, the compensation wasn't that bad. Yeah, the Colts have their guy. So he starts all those games. You got to fork up that first all right, round. All right, lay, lay, lay the wood. <laughs> Just Drop. put it out there. Paint the, the Col- picture. What happened? The Colts have their guy. All right. Carson Wentz, new quarter, QB1, most likely, unless he gets hurt. A guy. A, a, a guy. Uh, you know, unless he breaks his leg walking to practice or something, hurts his back. Carson Wentz is the, is, is, is the Colts guy. QB1. Uh, going forward, Frank Reich, uh, I think being a big part of getting that trade, making that trade happen. Uh, I don't think if Frank Reich is head coach of the Indianapolis Colts that we are talking about Carson Wentz as a Colts quarterback, but Ballard's got a really, really, really good deal. I think, uh, well, some people might think they overpaid still, but I thought he got a pretty, a very good deal considering what the original asking price was for Carson Wentz, a third round pick this year. Go ahead. 
take it and potentially um, potentially a first round pick. It's a conditional second, I think, but uh, yeah, potentially a first if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of the Colts snaps or 70% and takes him to the postseason. So uh, uh, your initial thoughts on it. What, what, what do they have like Thursday? Was it Wednesday, Thursday? Yeah. It, it's a typical Happen- two day after the, the episode drops kind of thing. It got us again. Oh, it, it's our burn to bear. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, we got the news. I, I won't go into Carson right now uh, at this very moment. Right now, I'll just talk about the compensation. If he ends up playing 75% or, you know, 70% taking us to the playoffs, that signals that we have a franchise quarterback. You know, yeah. so to get a franchise quarterback for a third round and a first round uh, pick next year, not bad. I mean, uh, we've got the best GM in the business, and I think that he did. He fleeced him. He, he told him, hey, this is what you're getting. He didn't blink. He didn't raise his asking price after it's been, oh, the, the Bears are looking at him, and we have all these offers. Chris Beller said, BS. I, I, I don't think so. Chris Beller said, offer. miss me with that. And today, I, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> miss me with that bullshit, uh, Howie Roseman. This morning, I heard that. Get out of here, S my D. Um, he put an expiration date on it, said, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna wait forever, so you know, shit or get off the pot. You want to do this, or we're not doing this, and that's what he made Roseman say, Okay, let's just get this done. So, I think he kind of I think he took Roseman to school a bit and let him know, Look, this is your offer, you know, we're taking on a pretty big risk with this compensation, and you're not gonna get two first, no one in, in the world is gonna give you two first. No, I'll give you a third and a conditional first, you know, if he hits all the, the checks. But, dude, if, if Carson's not performing, they're going to pull him. They'll put Easton on in. They'll get their second. And we'll have to go back on this, you know, QB carousel. But, you know, best case scenario, we have a franchise quarterback. If Wright can school him on up to make him play like he was at the MVP level a couple of years ago. And what a beautiful thing not giving up anything but a third round pick this year. Yeah. Your immediate compensation this coming season that you'll be losing. And this upcoming draft is only a third round pick. I mean, teams will trade up third round picks for nothing these days just to (laughs) go as general throw ins. And that's basically what you're giving up this year for Carson Wentz, who could, in theory, lead to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, imagine going to this season with a franchise quarterback, our first and second round pick still intact. After Rivers retired, if you could have told me that last week, I would say, yeah, sure, get it done. So, you know, if Wentz pans out to being what we think it can be, us still having a first and second round pick this year is huge. You we know, can address, uh, yeah, we, we can address those, those other position needs that we need. Cornerback, edge rush, left tackle. Uh, you know, it, it was, I was proud. I was once again proud. Like I said, I was just like, eh, Carson Wentz. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I was proud of the way that Chris Ballard did it. We all know that the Eagles, it was reportedly that the Eagles wanted like that Matthew Stafford type package for Carson Wentz. That was not happening. Um, but I, like, I'm, I'm excited at the sentiment uh, a little bit, a little bit. You know, I, if there is anybody who can fix Carson Wentz, we've talked, everybody knows it's Frank Reich. My, my issues with Carson Wentz has mo- mostly always been his fragility, right? His health. Um, he has nine snaps. I know that it, nine snaps in, in, in the postseason in his career. And I know the last time was not. Is that Bones? Know, is that bones? That, yeah, the bones. That bones you're referring to? <laughs> Those like things. His ACL, his, yeah. his concussion, everything. Everything. You can do the whole knee with three different joints right there getting <laughs> tore up. Man. Throwing a bone or two. That's five right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's always been that's always been my concern. 
uh, with four more the, snaps to go, and we got a full Carson Wentz. <laughs> oh, scary, scary. That's what I'm most uneasy about is that, you know, and I'm glad that the draft pick compensation was pretty fair, but uh, at the same time, it's like, you know, it, we didn't give up the farm, and he's going to go out and get hurt right away. It's it's not going to be – it'll be it'll suck, but it won't be as, as awful. You all know Ballard is probably going to turn that first-round pick into a second-round and third-round pick anyways. So yeah. Uh, by traditionally speaking. Yeah, he's he's not – we're not picking in the first round this year. Nah, no. he's, he's recouping <laughs> those picks back. And, you know, that, that that is what he does to us. That and raping other GMs, you know, thanks, you know, uh, Joe Douglas and Howie Roseman. I was going to say, shout out to the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that that's that. We're going to see how it all unfolds. He touched he, – he, he touched down. He flew into Indianapolis. He's 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 seen the city. He's, he's you know this and that. Um, Not wearing number eleven, so we no. get that. You know this Pittman jersey. All right, Pittman will be eleven. That thing was blown Pittman. so out of proportion this morning. Everybody wanted to make it so like an argument. Maybe he'll get twelve. Nobody's significant ever wore twelve. Shut your mouth. Get him out of the show. <laughs> get him out. <laughs> I've actually thought about it. I was like. It was weird seeing that DeMichael Harris in the 12 jersey last year. If, yeah, if, DeMichael Harris is in 12. Let's keep him in 12. I like him. I would think that number is like 12. untraditionally like retired. Like, OJ Simpson's jersey is not retired in the Bills, but nobody wears it. There's no official. Nobody hey, touches a 34 in Bills uniform. Or do, you, do you just compare OJ Simpson? I mean, both careers are pretty killer over here, So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh dear well, God! Probably retired prematurely. I don't know. I think uh, OJ probably did his thing in his time a little bit before my age. I don't care what number Wentz wears. I just that camouflage sleeve has got to go. <laughs> yeah, I have questions. I certainly have <laughs> questions. Uh, so, so yeah, that was really the biggest news uh, of this past weekend since we've kind of been away is that Carson Wentz has been acquired. Uh, we've talked about it at nauseum about how much originally myself and Brandon did not want him. Like we spent two weeks, maybe three weeks saying, you know, we don't want this guy, but he's our guy. That's what we get for, you know, we, we spoke it into existence essentially, but Carson, Wentz, what? what? I once said, once said JP Lawson was my guy, by the way, too. So shut up. Shut up. Um, <laughs> last year though, I mean, I was captaining the ship. I do not want Rivers. I do not want Rivers. Get him away. Get him away. Get him away. And he proved to be awesome for us. <laughs> yeah. He played his butt off. Um, and he was the leader that we needed. You know, he he played well. He started off poorly, turned it around, and he had a kick-ass season. So maybe with me, again, just saying how I don't want Wentz. He's horrible. He's garbage. Keep him away. Again, he's going to come and prove me wrong. We're going to the Super Bowl, and uh, we're going to win a championship. Thank you, Carson Wentz. Appreciate I- it. Absolutely. And I got to tell our listeners too, like we've been really, really bitter the last couple of weeks, myself and Brandon, we've been more bitter than we have in a long time. Well, this show has only been going on for a month and a half. So uh, we, we were, we've been pretty bitter. I will be the first one to admit how wrong I was. I'll be the first one. I have no shame in that. There's a lot of these, these douchebag talk show hosts like Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless and um, Nick Wright and all these guys who just pretend that some of the dumb shit that they said never happened. Uh, if I look stupid, I'll be the first one to admit it. Trust me. I, I have no You'll problem. You'll be the no first one to admit it and then eat some paper towel. Is that That's, correct? Or? Well, if he makes it to the suit, it's if the deal is if he makes it to the Super Bowl, I will eat I will eat two 
sheets of paper towel, not rolls. Two sheets. Like a six-year-old six for free. You guys are missing out here. <laughs> <laughs> just sit there chewing on, you know, the end of the lollipop. Just eat that whole fucking. Oh thing yeah. For no reason. For free. <laughs> My team already sucked ass, and I was doing that for free. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to set up a Patreon. You guys can watch me eat paper towels, and you can pay me for it. But uh, other, <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, other really, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of other news. J.J. Watt is rumored to uh, have mutual interest in coming to Indianapolis. We all know that the Colts need an edge rusher. So that's possible. There's a lot of other teams that are, you know, possibilities, too. We all know all, how fast rumors can get blown up, especially on social media. But J.J. Watt, I'd imagine he wants to go to a contender, so I don't know if that's uh, in the plans for Indy then. Oh, my God. We're going <laughs> to... God, they go to one... They win one playoff game. We won a couple playoff I know. I know. Ugh. Beautiful fashion only to get ass raped by the Chiefs. <laughs> you deserved it. You deserved it. <laughs> You're wearing a short skirt. You <laughs> 17 years of the drought, I deserve it. <laughs> that's Kyle what... Orton. Kyle yeah. Orton. Kyle Orton. Kelly Holcomb. Come on, guys. EJ Edwards. EJ Manuel. Baby. Oh my gosh. Oh. I didn't. I didn't deserve any of this. I deserved confetti in my mouth every day. So we <laughs> you got something. You, you got Patrick Mahomes in your mouth. That's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> not as good. So that is it, everybody. We're getting. It, it's time. It's time. We're gonna. It's time. It, it's it's time to roll here. All right. We got a Bills fan on board. Brandon, kick us off. Let's ask a Bills fan. All right. All right. All right. You know, I think I'm going to start off a little gently, you know, um, nice little loop being a bills fan in Western New York for what? 33 years. Uh, oh, not, 34, not your, 34. 34 years. I mean, if you, yeah. All right. I was born and bred. How did it feel going 17 years without winning a playoff game? It, uh, it sucked a lot of dick. Uh, you get used to the losing so much that, you don't have any expectation. I got to lie, actually. I, I just caught myself going to lie there. Uh, every year I'm going, it's a new year. You know, you play the whole, there's always next year. And then we got some shiny, shitty new toys, the quarterback. And you're like, here we go. All we needed to do was an, add a receiver or something here. There, Look, we signed T.O. Out of that full <laughs> excitement that we, we got to play. It's been a rough seven years during that drought. Uh, like I said, winning is really awkward. I, I didn't believe when we went to the Jacksonville playoff game that we really had a chance, or at least to yeah, put up more points than, I mean, than what we did there. That was disgusting. Three, three points. Was it three to ten? Was it was? That was the score. Awful. That game should have just been a buy for whoever they had to play afterwards. But yeah, it has been a rough seventeen years. I'm very conditioned to losing. It's losing is comforting actually because it's it's the norm. You you find what you what you like there, and I don't like losing, but it 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 feels very normal to me. All right. Uh, my first question. Well, it's kind of a two-parter. One, have you ever jumped through a table before? And two, uh, what are your thoughts on people who jump through tables for the for the fun of it? Um, I have. We all have that pro wrestling connection here, and I've we I've been thrown on one that was already not broken from a spot that went wrong. So I'll count that as a yes. Okay. But uh, listen, anything they're gonna do that entertains the shit out of me, I love. So. I encourage all Bills fans to go throw themselves through a table. Just make sure there's a camera recording and uh, I get to watch it. The more dramatic, the better. Uh, if it's a female, I'd probably be that much more inclined to watch. 
if it's uh, small children, I'd be that much more inclined to watch. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy the tradition that somehow that shit throw some fire on that bad boy. Let's go all extreme on this. I, I don't know how it became a thing, but I, I embrace it. I'm not really at 34 years old and is mildly in shape or out of shape, depending on which side of the bridge we're on here. Uh, I'm not going through a table anytime soon. Okay. But right. uh, yeah. So I've seen like a, right. one of the things, one of the things I've seen a lot nowadays is Bill's fans when they, you know, when, when they, you know, go through the process of, of making a process, child, like a process of process. Make, making a child, cooking the Trust child and having the child come out of their wife's, you know, or wife or whoever oh, coming out, coming out to the world. They, the, the, stork, by, the stork, the stork, drops off. they, they legit, legit drop, they drop the newborn. It's not from a far height, but oh, they oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dropping the newborn through a table. I'm like, what the, what is wrong with you? All right. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff in pro wrestling where uh, I'll never forget one, one guy came, there. he dropped his, uh, the old training school that me and Brandon used to go to uh, you as well, Dickie. One of the guys had a baby, he came in and dropped his baby on the ring apron. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, Bill's fans like to I do it through tables. I, <laughs> I don't know the, the, the ring, but babies <laughs> gently placing through a table is it's almost like a rite of passage. You're just setting them up for, uh, for 17 years of loss. <laughs> That's what you're setting them up for. We're not gonna set them up for any more uh, Trent Edward years. We're, we got our guy. We got our guy finally. Until they Speaking become Cowboys fans. Yeah. <laughs> you you've seen you know Josh Allen at his worst. Okay, he Rookie had a year. great year. We were there for his first touchdown. His Actually, first, yeah, against quick, San quick, Diego. Quick story: we were, we were leaving the game early because they're beating the shit out of us. Leaving the game early like Monte Davis. Ooh. Yeah, a little too early on his part. A little too, lot too early on his part, actually. <laughs> And uh, I watched it from like the stairs going down as he threw it to uh, who's the shitty tall receiver from Carolina that we love to get. Oh, oh, two biscuits short of a yeah, uh, Calvin Popeye's, yeah, Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. Calvin Benjamin. Yeah. So, so in the yeah, back of the end zone, you know, you, you had that really rough rookie year, which was, you know, bad. I think he had like seven touchdowns in 11 or 12 picks. Uh, it, I don't know that to be fact, but it's probably accurate. It's close. Um, uh, and then the second year, not much better at all. Uh, I think he was completing 52% of his passes and, you know, he couldn't hit a screen yes, pass. There was, there was growth. Uh, yeah, I mean, tremendous growth this year. Yeah, it skyrocketed, like unbelievable growth. Do you think that's sustainable? Do you think it was like, you know, COVID kind of, you know, maybe making Josh Allen play above his head? He didn't have the crowd atmosphere. He didn't have that pressure. He's used to playing at a smaller school, Fuck you know, over 19, at White. No, I... So do you think this is the real Josh Allen, or do you think that, you know, there's going to be a little bit of regression and he won't be as good as he was this year than he was last year, you know? I, I think each year we saw some progression a little bit. In year one, he could hit a deep ball and then couldn't hit a five-yard pass. Year two, he could – he reversed that problem and couldn't hit anybody long. And then uh, I think they put – Dable put uh, – and McBean put that right system around him there. Got him a nice shiny toy and digs and said, Let, let's see what you can do and throw it around here. I'm, I'm optimistic for the future, Josh Allen. I, I mean, it all depends on what else can happen with this crazy year of caps, uh, salary cap issues. But uh, I think if he's still got digs and he's still got Beasley and he's still got Brown and he's still, uh, there's still shuffling trying to figure out what they can keep the O line and maybe get him a little bit better run game going next year. I think it could still see some positive progression. I definitely don't want to see him drop back down to the mean anytime soon. 
Uh, it's really nice and awkward having uh, that quality QB on the field and watching the game progress and going the way you think it should be, or at least, you know, when you're watching a green Bay game, you, you see this every game and you're like, Holy crap. I want that one day. And we finally felt like we had it this year. I, I am very optimistic that year four will look similar to year three. I mean, obviously if something happens and uh, injury wise or something like that, but I don't think COVID-19 had anything to do with it. I don't think the lack of a audience, I don't think the lack of a crowd, I think the, uh, presence of a big family down there in Bill's Mafia land there over. Well, you say that, but, you know, uh, the, the Houston game, uh, you know, in the playoffs, he wilted underneath that pressure. And Baby then steps. Kansas City, you know, Baby they had steps. a nice crowd and you know, he wilted underneath that pressure. Do you think he just has a small penis and can't perform well in front of people? If, <laughs> if I had to guess his penis size, I would say it would be slightly bigger than average. Um, I've never tried to check it out, but I'd imagine it's a little bit bigger than average. But doesn't he look great in shorts? Isn't he, that like the thing? He looks amazing in shorts. All right. Year one rookie year, he looks amazing in shorts. <laughs> that would imply his dick is pretty well endowed. Um, man, I'm so focused on his dick. I can't think about that Chiefs loss anymore. <laughs> I think uh, Patrick Mahomes' must have been a couple inches longer, at least in that one. <laughs> that big boy by Deshaun, Jack, uh, sorry, Deshaun Watson there and uh, – I think you're, he was taking those baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, and then boom, we saw it. Patrick Holmes is still Patrick Mahomes. We can't take that away from him. No. So that, that's always going to be a problem every year in the playoffs until uh, he's not Patrick Mahomes anymore. That's true. That's true. Now, I do have, I, I got to acknowledge, you're one of the, the I think, the nicer Bills fans that I've ever had a, like, a relationship with, talked to. Like, you've never been, like, got on your way to kind of be a dickhead, um, which I do appreciate. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of animosity between Bills and Colts fans coming into this postseason game uh, this past year, the wild card round. Uh, and d- were you expecting a blowout, or were you pleasantly were you surprised by how uh, how the Colts did perform, uh, especially my man Philip Rivers? Were you surprised at all uh, by how interesting they kept the game? Because it was it was one of the most competitive games of the entire postseason, not just for the Bills, but for every playoff game in the postseason was one of the most competitive ones so what, what were your thoughts on that one let me set the record straight as far as the animosity goes i have a friend named brandon allen rogers who was a football piece of shit <laughs> who was embraced having the superior quarterback hall of fame quarterback and then the the next coming of jesus quarterback with andrew luck and now is stuck with jacoby brissettes so those have jaded me over the years into That's being fair. a Colts hater. I don't think I could ever look at the Colts the same way because I know this man enjoys them winning and enjoys their success. That is where my... Uh, We've had lots of success, by the way. Yeah, lots of luck, too. That's where, uh, <laughs> that's where my uh, Colts hate comes from. Okay. I could imagine they're a team that's very likable, in fact, had it not been Brandon Allen Rodgers in my existence. So uh, going... Valid. In, go, yeah, very valid. After watching years and years of football with this guy, it's left me a little bit uh, tainted there. So going into the game, my mindset was we should beat them pretty convincingly. I thought we were the hottest team in the league at this point. And that was strictly based on, I don't know, probably week eight on since the Hopkins catch in the end zone that ruined a lot of people's days. Uh, I I thought for sure we'd steamroll the first couple rounds and then Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have to duke it out. Uh, I was just back and forth bander the whole time. It was shit talk from him, shit talk from me, shit talk from our other Bills friend, fam. Other Bills friend who's a, yeah, him too. So (laughs) 
uh, we're, we're kind of enjoying the, we got the lead, you got the lead, we got the lead. And then Buffalo kind of separated themselves and all of a sudden it became way too close for comfort. And we're all setting the fuck up pretty quickly watching the game. And I did not enjoy it at all. I enjoyed, <laughs> I want to, I'm just guesstimating, but I want to say it was toward the middle of the fourth quarter where it got really serious between everybody in that. And then uh, as we watched Philip River, Oh, Fuck that fumble too, by the way. What the hell was that bullshit? <laughs> Yo, definitely, definitely fuck, not a fumble. Fuck Gabe Davis's bullshit toe tap slide yeah. thing. Like, there's no way all like three of those were. Like, no, that's bullshit. Like, was, I hate Gabe he Davis. He was after like Michael Jackson's smooth criminal out there. Just, just, <laughs> just, just, it was stupid. Him and Josh Allen paint those sidelines. <laughs> First time they've done that before. They practiced that in real life, in real games. Uh, the only thing I really enjoyed is uh, that fourth quarter where Philip Rivers couldn't get the ball down the field and start to get in the range he needed to to make this uh, a, a game. It really felt stagnant, but I was still nervous as shit because I'm a Bills fan. I'm always waiting for the ceiling to collapse on me. Yeah. So that that game was was not as fun as I was hoping it was to be. We come into that game, I pull up to Brandon's house and extra hyped. The game starts, still extra hyped. That fourth quarter starts and uh, everybody's uh, – is toned down a, a tie, a tad bit, a little bit, a lot bit, actually, a lot bit. So I, I didn't love that game, to be honest with you. I thought we should have won by more. I thought we could have won by more. But uh, in that case, I was giving it to the Colts, though. Uh, Rivers was putting the ball in a lot of hands that could have held onto that ball. It might have been a different game. Yeah, you ain't kidding. That was that was a big criticism I had, too. A lot of, there were a lot of drop passes in that one. but Rob's missed field goal going for it on fourth down. I still say we should have won that game. I really do. Could have been a game Buffalo lost, but I'm yeah. glad we didn't. And then we're Baltimore. I really think if like, and I know we're Colts fans, we're a little biased, but if you look, if, if but if the look. Colts did pull that game off, there was a legitimate shot at them making a run, right? You want to keep. I think that's a low ceiling with you guys, though, with Philip Rivers. To be honest with you, and you, your number two is everywhere, and your receiving core didn't impress me enough to think you could really compete with the Patrick Mahomes kind of possibly. Practice. I didn't think they could compete, compete with the Steph Diggs and Josh Allen like that offensively. Right. Offensively is where you scared me a little bit. Or I look at the way I look at the way that the Chiefs played the Browns the following week. I was like, oh my god! Like, I feel like maybe it, it could have been the same result, but I felt like they could have been just as competitive, if not a little bit more. And that's like, oh, maybe pull out. You know, you have the, you have the schemes and, and all this to kind of contend with them. Maybe something, but um, I, I that was definitely. Yeah, there was so many. What there was a lot of what ifs that came from that. There was a lot of what ifs that, at least from my end, of course, my end. I'm sure Brandon's end. Um, you know, you, you just you just see that the way these teams played. Oh, whatever. You, you get through the Bills, so you you play the, the the Chiefs a little bit better than the Browns do. You, maybe you win, and then you go up against either it would be probably Tennessee or Baltimore at that point. And we'd beaten Tennessee. Baltimore didn't look very good at all in the post. Really good at all in the postseason. Um, yeah, a lot of what ifs that came in my end, but I appreciate the honest answer. All right, uh, another question. Uh, you know, I'll be a little, scary. I'll be a little less uh, douchebaggy. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys have a, uh, a you've guys have had a competitive division for a while. You know, it, it's been New England, so it's the Bear for the longest time. Who has, who scares you the most out of the three teams in, in your the division? AFC East? Yes. I got to be honest with you, still the uh, New England Patriots. And that's only because I feel like whatever Bill Belichick does is going to be the right move because he's Bill Belichick. He, he's he got our number for a reason, and 
I hope they sign like a Cam Newton because if he's got a rookie back there, it's going to have me terrified thinking he knows something about that rookie better than everybody else does. Uh, the Jets are hot garbage. They have, uh, I'm, I love that they're hot garbage. Keep, uh, I'll, I'll bring the dumpster to them if they want. <laughs> Let that keep sizzling. The uh, Tua situation ha- has got me much more optimistic. I don't think, uh, I don't think they're as crazy on him as uh, everybody else was coming out of that draft. But I mean, they also have a team around them as well. Once they add a few pieces on offense to help him, it could be a whole different story, but Tua doesn't in, doesn't instill any fear in me. I, I still think New England is – it's not New England. It's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick instills fear in me no matter what he does at this point. Regardless of who the quarterback is, I always will assume he knows something about that quarterback better than we do. He's always going to have that defense prepared to play. Uh, it's that next man up mentality that they have sometimes on defense that – does, you'll, you won't know the undrafted guy coming playing linebacker, but that undrafted guy playing linebacker is going to make some plays, and I, I absolutely hate it. Although we uh, kind of bust them down that second game of the year, it, it, you still always have that Bill Belichick in the back of my mind kind of situation. He, he, uh, he's got a table in my head there at all times. For sure. Hey, it was a down year for the Patriots, too. Salary cap stuff, Cam Newton as quarterback. I think they had like 19 players opt out. Yeah. Like it was something stupid. Something crazy. It changes. They get funny for sure too, though. Yeah. yeah. So it, you always have to be scared of the, you know, the big bag boogeyman back there. So yeah, I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. So very good. All right. I'm going to go back in time. All right. This is going to be, this is kind of a, uh, your thoughts on the situation. You might, you may or may not know this story. This, uh, this occurred in 1975. Okay. I just want to get your, get your thought process on it. All right, so back in 1975, a running back, Negative. <laughs> a, a running back by the name of, um, excuse me, Chuck Foreman of the Minnesota Vikings. He was playing in Buffalo. It was like week 17. <laughs> Brandon knows where I'm going with this. He was playing in week 17. Him and uh, a man by the name of OJ Simpson were going for the, uh, the 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 Gale Sayers rushing and receiving touchdowns in a season record. All right. Uh, at one point in the game, it was either the second or third quarter. Uh, Foreman was struck in the eyeball by a snowball thrown by a Bills fan and was Not pulled from the game. Not What's, a dildo. Just, just a snowball. Just a snowball. No, you could have no seen penis is hanging out of that snowball. <laughs> Oh, we, we'll never know. We'll he never must have know. Not been playing for England, so that's what was in New England. <laughs> he was pulled from New England. Snowballs, everybody else. <laughs> that's right. I think it's only fair that way. He was pulled from the game, though. He didn't get to break the record, but uh, OJ Simpson did because uh, Mr. Foreman was experiencing blurriness in the eye, almost going blind. Your thoughts on that as a fan? I know it is very, very old, but. Uh, your thoughts on, on on a Bills fan making this poor guy go blind when he's about to etch his name in history for something good instead of something bad. It sounded like he did some etching in history there with helping out OJ. <laughs> Shout out to whoever threw that snowball. <laughs> Shout out to him, man. Orenthal James Simpson there, the juice. But you know, that snowball directly gave us the Kardashians. Oh, oh. We're, we're claiming uh, yeah. yeah if oj had not you know won the rushing title he'd not he wouldn't have started in all those commercials he would have been a naked gun you know he wouldn't have met uh his lovely wife speaking of naked we uh, you and i have both watched ray j do some things i'm sure of it so 
that's thank true. you oj once again so, you know it, you know you, you would have the lawyer so it's all your fault for the kardashians actually so yeah I, I, go, i'm siding on uh, oj doing us some good favor there actually i've seen a lot of the kardashians that i appreciate uh i mean i may not have watched all the tv shows but i mean even that i haven't been too mad at in the right right episodes if you you right, catch my you're drift. the worst, you catch you're my the worst. shout out to the snowball guy <laughs> all right since matt went back in the past i'm gonna kind of vault into the future um i know you've been kind of gunning down free agents and you know your holes in your team because that's what i look forward to every year as a shitty bills fan yes it, it, well i didn't say that but you did <laughs> I, I, i'm willing to <laughs> when's that draft starting because you know we're not going in the playoffs <laughs> yeah usually we're picking you know third to ten overall yeah. usually solid at eight you know so if there is one player you could add in free agency or the draft um, to the bill squad for next year who would it be I always tend to go on that defensive side, and you guys mentioned him earlier, J.J. Watt. I would love to have him on that D-line trying to make an impact. I know this isn't the J.J. Watt of several moons ago, but this is still a J.J. Watt. I think he fills a very nice Kyle Williams-esque kind of role for us where he's the rah-rah cheerleader who can smack the the next guy in the ass and get him going in the right direction. Uh, I would love to see him in a Bill's uniform. He screams process to me. He screams McBean kind of guy. But he also screams when he tears his ACL or shoulder or knee. Playing in Buffalo in November, December. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, in in the cold, in the elements, his body's going to break down. You you, you sure don't want him like a nice dome somewhere. We rotate D-line all day, every day, drive after drive. He can can take his whole quarters off if he needs to. If he's going to be ready in that fourth quarter to just get that one strip sack fumble that we need. Because, man, we need a playmaker on that D-line. And, I mean, the Jerry Hughes of the past are, you know, still a thing, but they're not really making that huge of an impact that you just kind of jump out of your seat, uh, with the exception of uh, here or there. But J.J. Watt makes that impact, and I'd love to have somebody like him on that team just to – I mean, shit, we need a lot of more than just that on the defense as we probably are losing Matt Milano. I see us losing Matt Milano due to the COVID, uh, COVID salary cap, but – I mean, we also have had a, a void at number two corner for forever, and which seems like it's going to be a thing for forever because McBean really loves throwing the random ass corner out there, some washed up Norman or undrafted <laughs> Levi Wallace. I appreciate them when they make the plays and have they played better than what they are at times often. But I mean, they're still low ceiling kind of guys, low floor ish sometimes. They're still the players that are picked on. So, Somebody to replace CB2 would probably be nice. Have I looked and done enough research to figure out who that would be? Absolutely not. I've lost. I've lost what lost? To the Chiefs. To the Chiefs? Chiefs, Chiefs lost. And, the Chiefs. and you got your back blown out by Patrick yes, Mahomes? Okay. Yes, cool. All right. Yeah, so usually I'm snorting multiple Bills podcasts a week, just ODing on what they're saying and all this, but I, I haven't been in that mode since that, that big L and uh, – Actually, you finally stopped wearing that Jim Kelly jersey, no? After the suit. Yeah. Matt, what's your question? Matt, what's your question? <laughs> Look good on you, kid. Look good on you. Uh, I want to ask you about the Bills running game uh, or lack thereof of a Bill, uh, of a running game with Buffalo. Are you concerned at all that the Bills couldn't, you know, that, that maybe De- well, that Devin Singletary and maybe even Zach Moss haven't quite panned out. Do you, do you think that the Bills offense really needs one? Are they that, that level of like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs where they just can throw whoever out there, we're just going to air the ball out as much as we can. Um, 
what are your thoughts on that? Is it something you'd want to address and who would you be interested in bringing in if, if, if you would want to revamp that? I've heard rumblings of them even maybe at that 30th overall pick trying to find a running back to add to that. I, I believe it's got to be more on the offensive line with the run blocking. It, it seems like they, the holes aren't there. Listen, our two running backs who are starting for us every week, they're Moss, they're Singletary, are, are, have their kind of low ceiling. Moss is a, a bowling ball and uh, Singletary can be shifty, but there's not that high home run aspect of those two. Neither one of them are going to bust one for Shady McCoy-esque like 80 yards or, you know, to ice the game against the Colts in a very snowy game, like a Shady McCoy kind of situation as well. For, you know, I want to say it was 20-some-odd yards, but in the, you know, foot of snow plus. But there is no there is no Shady McCoy-esque kind of player back there who can bust that long one who's got that long-distance speed to him. Uh, that could be what we're missing. It wouldn't surprise me if we went and spent another third-round pick for the third year on a – maybe a faster scat back kind of guy. Uh, I don't believe Yeldon will be back this year just because uh, he's obviously a replaceable kind of player. Yeah. But I, I could see them going back to the draft. Listen, free agency has got a ton of great backs in it, but do I think we can afford a Chris Carson? Uh, not at all. I don't think we can afford any of those kind of players with the COVID salary. No, I wouldn't risk something like that either. Cause I know Chris Carson, it, again, injury history, uh, really, really talented, but uh I, I love the the saying, the quote, the best ability is availability. And Chris Carson, more often than not, is is unavailable. And I think it's been uh, that's been an issue in Seattle. That's why they're probably not why they're re-signing him. So, um, yeah, I heard the same thing about Marlon Mack, too. You guys are kind of maybe might kick the tires on Marlon Mack if he decides to, to go to greener pastures. So. I haven't heard those rumblings, but it wouldn't <laughs> greener pastures. You're putting him out to <laughs> putting him out to be some glue one day. Here. Uh, you know, he's going to the good old uh, horse <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> wouldn't would it put, put him past doing a uh, Yeldon esque run on somebody like that or finding that uh, there, there's no veteran backfield uh, running back for us at all. So I could definitely see them making a run, but it's probably going to be some cheap guy on the end here who's a end of the road free agent that they can just sign for pennies on the dollar in comparison to what other teams can. Uh, the free agency market is completely stupid with how, who's out there this year, but I don't think Buffalo is going to get any of those high end players for that purposes. Right. I just don't see it financially happening for Buffalo this year. Maybe if COVID wasn't a thing this year, we definitely could see us doubling down on, you know, a good one year deal that's, paying somebody stupid amounts of money just to be that high level running back well i think you know if, if any time's the time it would be now you guys don't have to pay josh allen yet so why not break the bank this year pay someone like a bunch of money up front hey like i would stack your team up right now while josh allen is still super cheap i, I yeah. see that window and i think everybody else sees that window but uh covid said that salary cap's going to be a little bit tighter this year so <laughs> if covid wasn't here and that salary cap was the usual i could see buffalo doing that I can see Buffalo doing that with a few players kind of doing that. Let's get a few veterans in here who are going to, you know, help us get over that hill, get over that Patrick Mahomes, get over that Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, I, I don't see it getting fixed in any major way other than through the draft this year, maybe through uh, shuffling that O-line because there will be some interchangeable parts this year going and coming. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of the draft, uh, my question is, name your, your best – and uh, least favorite draft picks in, you know, recent memory. My least favorite was Aaron Mabin because. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
What, 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 what position did you play? Was he cornerback? Linebacker. Linebacker? Outside Damn. linebacker, DN, edge kind of player there. And when he did, he did. Uh, became a jet after getting released from his rookie contract and going and playing in Rex Ryan defense. And that I'm going to blank on the name. Washington drafted this outside linebacker shortly after we took Maven, and that's what I was thinking we're getting. Oh, Jesus is going to haunt me. Still in the league. Arakbo, Brian Arakbo. Oh, uh. So I'm watching like pre-draft videos of this guy bench pressing stupid amounts of weight with the chains on everything like that, getting a hard on over Brian Arakbo. He's waiting for us on the board, and Aaron Maben's name is called, and I'm like, the skinny guy, the, the little skinny guy from Penn State? And that really hurt my heart. <clears throat> that, that, that really hurt my heart, especially since, you know, you're like, okay, now he's our guy, kind of like your Carson Wentz situation here is where I got to give him a chance. However, it uh, it didn't pan out very well. Actually, we had a Mike Williams draft, actually, of an O-lineman at pretty early, too. That really broke my heart. I was like, listen, it's an O-line. I can't be excited for it, but maybe it'll solidify our tackle spot, and that, that didn't pan out either. Let's not uh, discuss the negatives about the drafting. We're actually, this is hurting my heart as we speak. <laughs> All right, so your favorite. Your favorite draft, well, besides, of course, Josh Allen. Um, favorite? I tend to go uh, – that linebacker position that we think we have our linebacker same draft as Josh Allen. I like to think Edmonds, oh, Edmonds is garbage. I'd like to think he's not good. So <laughs> I'm, he's still young. He's a baby. Um, I was really excited. Is he my favorite currently? I mean, Matt Milano, I feel like has outplayed him since since forever. Cause Edmonds is garbage. Pro Bowl says he's good. Pro Bowl says, he's yeah, good. I got selected for the, Pro Bowl this Accolade, year. What are you talking about? Accolade says he's doing okay. Um, he's just a little fast baby. That doesn't make the – I don't know, man. You watch some games and he'll give you a headache, and it's kind of, to be honest with you, surprising that he was nominated for the Pro Bowl because you see him out of place a lot of times and almost sometimes just picked on, especially in the run game there. Uh, much better in the pass coverage is what I see, but when it comes to stopping the run, sometimes he, he scratches your head a little bit there trying to figure out where he's thinking or overshooting that gap a little bit, but – when it happened, I really enjoyed it because I'm like, oh, we got that fast, tall outside linebacker that we're going to stick in the middle. So, yeah, that Josh Allen, your draft, that was quite interesting. I'm sitting here rooting for Rose and we got Allen. And, whoo, boy, am I glad I'm wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of people, trust me, a lot of people were. A lot of people were. Uh, I got I got one last question and I, I, I kind of have a little idea. Maybe, Brandon, you'll appreciate this. Uh, question my heart. So, my question if, you know, uh, offensive coordinator Brian Dable has been talked about for head coaching positions. Leslie Frazier has been talked about for, you know, head coaching positions. I think Dable's probably the more serious contender. Maybe uh, he, he stands out more to me as far as his position. Is there any concern that if Dable leaves that maybe Josh Allen takes a step back? Like, Is it like one of those things that just it, they have to kind of be together to work for everything to work out for both of them? Uh, I do have concerns about Brian Dable too. Some of it, some of his play calling in the early part of the season, and even in the postseason, was I was very very questionable about questionable about. But uh, is is that something that ever concerns you if, if either of those two leave uh, for the Bills' future? Early uh, Dable, we like to use him as a punching bag to justify some of Josh Allen's shitty plays and shitty, uh, and you know, just bad plays altogether. But yeah, it does concern me a little bit if we lost him. I think at least in the first half of a season, I think it could be some growing pains with Josh Allen trying to reacclimate to a new coordinator. I think uh, 
toward the second half of the year, I really enjoyed his play calling. I thought he made a bunch of calls that would put us in better position to just, uh, and at the same time, you could see Josh Allen's maturation where he would audible into something where you just throw that wide receiver screen or you just make that simple play as opposed to just giving, taking what the defense gives you. So, I mean, I guess in theory that should scare me less, but any change, any dramatic change in our coordinator position and that uh, offensive coordinator is definitely a way more sexier position, especially in today's day and age of throwing the ball every which direction than the yeah. defensive coordinator, especially since Frazier's already had his run around in Minnesota as a head coach that didn't go too successful, but I'm glad he's on our team now. For uh, sure. Thankfully it's, thankfully it's off season. Nobody wanted either one of them and I'll take them another year. <laughs> Certainly. For sure. For right. sure. Well, you know, I'll kind of wrap it up with my final question as well. Yeah. What are your honest thoughts and predictions about the Bills 2021 season? My honest thoughts in for next year is that we should continue off pretty similarly we're at right now, which means leading the assuming Bill Belichick doesn't fuck at FC East at least so we have that playoff spot locked down do I would I predict that we're the one in one a of the AFC there, there's a lot of football ahead of us as far as offseason is concerned to say that or make that claim so the expectation would be playoffs would it be uh, at least past that wild card weekend I would think um, I'm not going to say Super Bowl because that hurts my heart or to even legitimately feel like we have a chance at that I think that could be a possibility. I thought it was a really distinct possibility this year had Patrick Mahomes not breathed in this world. So um, deep in the playoffs, I, I won't go further than saying deep in the playoffs, but I think we should be. Uh, there's a lot of off season to go still though. It's hard to grasp anything. All and right. Say, now, say too much. could you make the AFC conference game again and lose? And then the year after that, Make it again and lose, oh, and then the year after that, make it again and oh. lose it like four times in a row. Lose it. No, that's that's impossible. There's no way someone can make the AFC Championship game four times in a row and lose, right? I, I agree. That's that's, that's very that's impossible. Like just that that possibility just fades wide right in my brain. <laughs> oh, There's no way that could happen. No Quite, way. It fades wide left for me, but I'm just as a you know, bandaid, <laughs> bandaid on a big wound. Finds a little left or maybe short for me. I'm not, I'm not gonna go wide anything to the left right of center quite frankly with that one but uh yeah oh, oh. Geez, so many bad memories all right Just stop yeah. talking one one Sorry. more question one more no. question this is this question who, my heart who do you believe is the best quarterback in bill's history and why is it frank reich uh it is frank reich because <laughs> he helped us come back to the houston oilers down 30 points I'll I'll play I'll pander to the garbage fans that you shitholes are. And, <laughs> Me? Don't you dare! <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, friendly fire! Like, hey, what do you, what do, you do? Yeah, do? I'll get I'll get wrap Frank right for you guys. And You're setting the degenerate of this show. <laughs> I'm 100. I've I've essentially married myself to this guy as a football friend for the rest of my life and for the past you know 10 plus years. So. If if we're not getting it done now, we're gonna talk shit and he's whooping my ass in Madden in a couple hours. There you go. So there you it, go. it all comes back to me. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I Welcome had an idea. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. Uh, we've been grilling you for the last what 30, 40 minutes or so. I want to give you an opportunity to ask uh, either both myself and Brandon the same question or ask us each different uh, questions concerning the Colts. Yeah. You know, have fun with it because we I think we we've given you the business a little bit. So we invite you to have fun with it. 
I feel slightly to very beat up right now. <laughs> so uh, your, your new shiny toy is Carson Wentz. Give me one, uh, one wish list offensive player from each of you that, that helps you guys go over the hill. I'm sure you guys are already satisfied with the running back situation. Yeah. But give me one wish list player that could be added to your team that would help Carson Wentz be less Carson Wentz of last year and be more Carson Wentz of a few years ago mm. who's going to help put you guys over the top and not lose to a Bills in the first round of the playoffs. That's a fantastic question. The number two seed versus the seven seed because you guys are seven and you're two. <laughs> That's a uh, good question. You know, thinking because I don't know if they're going to resign T.Y. Hilton. Uh, we can pretend trades are a thing. You don't have to say somebody who's a open a free, free agent. agent. This is possibly a trade. trade. I'd really like them to get Chris Godwin. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Bucks are going to retain him. Um, I think that the Colts, if they were to trade for him, they'd have to give up the house. Uh, I'd be okay with. What's yeah, that? like Tampa oh, Bay. Oh, not oh yeah, that's right. Tampa that is Bay's right. Not getting him. Yeah, that's right. He's a free agent, so they could put a they, they could put a uh, what do you call it well, the, he, the franchise a, tag on him, transition tag, all that. Yeah, the, stuff. all that stuff. So that is that is that is true. Chris Godwin, I would love to have a uh, little bit more realistic. I'm okay with an Allen Robinson coming in. I'm okay with them making maybe a trade for maybe a trade for Ertz would probably be my second one. But I think Allen Robinson is the focus on a lot of people. There's a lot of very talented wide receivers out there on the free agent market. But Robinson's never had, like, that solid quarterback, right? That's always been his like issue. Holmes? What do you mean? <laughs> Mitch Trubisky? What do you mean? Uh, Trubisky, Blake Bortles. Oh, my um, gosh. Poor went, Robinson. Went from Bortles to Trubisky and Bowles. God hates that man. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I wouldn't hate – yeah, I think it would be, a you know, one – or. Like I said, the Urch thing, or just somebody that Carson Wentz is familiar with from his Philadelphia days. Um, you know, I'm mistaken. Be... Alshon Jeffries might be available to join. That is true. Keep him away too. He is supposed to. Yeah, that There's is true. Is... Familiarity. <laughs> he is supposed to be a free agent. They they said that today. Uh, yeah, somebody familiar or like yeah, Allen Robinson. I'd be okay with. I think those would help. The offense is more than okay with Allen Robinson. Yeah. You'd be yeah. more than okay with Allen Robinson. I think so too. I mean, if we lose TY, we we need another wide receiver. And it's gotta be a vet too. It can't just be anybody. So um most TY certainly. coming back on a Q contract, probably. He's he screams Colt. Yeah. I maybe. Hope. Maybe. So Brandon, your wish list player would be well, you know, uh I, I could go wide receiver, especially if TY goes. Um, I, I do think Pittman's gonna be a fantastic number one. Uh, he has all the makings of a great number one. Like, uh, hopefully, Paris Campbell can stay healthy because I think he's dynamic. And uh, I, 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 I think our wide receivers are, are going to be steady. Um, our, our running backs are great. I think Hines all, could also, you know, go out there and play in the slot a bit and uh, catch some balls. So I've been watching a lot of tape uh, in the draft. There's a tight end coming out of Miami, or not Miami, Florida, I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Pitts who looks amazing. He, he's, I guess, a converted wide receiver into a tight end. Uh, he's so fast. He's going to be a problem for mismatches with, with linebackers. And I think he could really be like Ertz 2.0. Um, he's not as big as a Gronk, but, you know, maybe more like a, uh, a Tony Gonzalez or a, just a field-stretching wide receiver or, or tight end, like Jimmy Graham. Uh, right. he, he reminds me of Jimmy Graham. Old I think Jimmy that could Graham, be yeah. huge. 
like like a nice little security blanket uh, for for a guy. And I think if if there's any way Cal Pitts can drop on down to 21, or you know if I know he's not going to do it because he never does, <laughs> if Ballard sure, could yeah. you know trade up a little bit to get to that, I think he's going to drop around that 15, 16, 17th spot. I think he could just be tremendous for our team. His tape is so exciting. And if you haven't seen any of them, I, I just urge you, go YouTube Kyle Pitts because the guy is a monster and he's going to be a baller in this league for sure. Now, a few years back in the past couple of drafts, I've gotten the uh, traditional hard-on for those tight ends as well. The O.J. Howards, the T.J. Hawkinsons of the world and we'll gushed over having them in Bill's uniforms and Neither one of them had that uh, Tony Gonzalez impact or that Ertz impact that you're referring to. Now, I can't say it's not a sexy pick. I, I, if I were you guys and thinking I just need one more weapon, especially since you have some money to play with, where you can add a receiver, I, I could see that making sense. Well, you know, with Doyle getting so much older now, uh, you know, we're probably not going to retain Trey Burton. Uh, Mo, Mo Alley Cox is probably <laughs> the best name in football. Um, before, is, uh... before we go, he's got to give me an Okariki. whenever they're fucking playing and we're at the bar watching the game and i'd hear one little tackle of anywhere on the field and i'd hear oh kareeki became some garbage that really entertained the shit out of me though that's the first time he's done that for the show so i appreciate you you're welcome thank you (laughs) (laughs) but i i think like a a game-changing tight end would really open up our offense even more so and I think that's the position that we actually kind of have to steer towards more on offense than, than wide receiver. I think tight end is, it should be a bigger focus for us. Be Wentz's new Ertz. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. All right, Dickie, thank you so much, my friend for, uh, for coming on, dealing with us, putting up with us, uh, for our podcast. We, uh, seriously, we thank you. We, we're just trying to find new and different stuff for us to kind of, used to entertain people we think we're pretty entertaining uh we do all right so we thank you for coming on and and, and being and representing bill's mafia uh oh, on, on our show. go bills trust the process oh, and mcbean God. we trust <laughs> i'm gonna put it in that god's hands that in mcbean we trust all right on that note brandon do your thing and bury the bills and close the show <laughs> you know i i can't bury the bills they they were better than us this year they they, they played better oh, but colts fans you know these dark times are short um uh, you know the quarterback hunt we had you know short hopefully went is our guy so this whole quarterback controversy that we had was short these dark times us missing the playoffs short us not being the kings of the afc south short Boring, also, boring here. Josh Allen's penis, short. Uh, the, the Bills' playoff wins, short. Uh, the Bills being any good that time, short. Uh, McDermott, very short. He's a wrestler. Um, need to be so, therefore, <laughs> I hope you enjoy this time while you guys may have been a little Because uh, we're going to get your dicks in the dirt. Play to you guys hard. this year. My nipples got hard. And, yeah, it's going to be hard. When we stomp on you, Carson Wentz throws for 500 yards <laughs> and 10 touchdowns. I get jokes. In, in New Era Stadium. They're going to start calling that New Wentz Stadium, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you guys all enjoyed the show. Yeah, Madden stats over uh, here. Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz is going to be a problem. <laughs> Bill's Mafia. The problem is you're on alert. We're coming. And we're going to eat your dicks. I appreciate the blowjob. <laughs> go, go Colts. Go, <laughs> <Cool. laughs>